0: Okay. Um, Hello, everybody. Um, I really love when the Lord just puts everything all in a line. So much of of what was said this morning goes uh, hand in hand with what I'm going to talk about today. Um, so because of that, I'm going to just jump in. We're going to dive right in. We're going to pray, and we're going to go. Um, there are no notes. I'm sure you all figured that out. There's no notes. So we're just going to jump in our Bibles, and you guys can take notes or not, whatever. So Lord, we thank you for what you're showing to us um, this morning and what I believe you're showing to to us throughout this year, what you're teaching us, what you're wanting us to hold on to. So Lord, I just ask that you would give us, um, would you open the eyes of our understanding? Holy Spirit, would you, would you bring revelation and wisdom? And I even ask that you would bring activation to the word this morning, that it would not be a word that we just hear and say, wow, that was a good word, but it would be a word that's put into action. Um... So, just move in this, in this service this morning, like you've already been doing. We just ask for more, Holy Spirit. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're going we're gonna to start off in Matthew 25. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 25. This was a word that um, the Lord gave me, oh, gosh... Late last year, but I thought it was for me, and I just hid it away in my heart um, and just was like, yeah, I'll just hold on to that like a little gem. And then last week during service, he brought it back up and, um, and said, I want you to teach it. And I went, okay, cool. Um, but I didn't know I would be teaching it today. Um, but it worked out. The Lord just, in his mercy and in his goodness, worked it out. Um, So today I'm going to talk about, um, I want to talk about having more than enough. Um, And more specifically, I want to talk about moving from a place of lack into having more than enough. Um, I I want to paint a picture of what it looks like to operate out of lack and what it looks like to operate out of having more than enough. I want to paint that picture That picture a little bit. So Matthew 25, right at the top of, of the chapter. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no, no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to, do- to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, "'Lord, Lord, open to us.' But he answered and said, "'Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. "'Watch therefore, for you know neither the day "'nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming.'" So we know this parable, fairly familiar with it. Um, But in the context of what I'm teaching today, I want us to look at a couple of things. And the first thing I want us to pay attention to is the sleeping is not the issue. So we have this phrase that we say in in the church a lot, or especially in the house, in this house, that the church needs to wake up. The church needs to, to wake up and open their eyes and see. And context is everything the sleeping here wasn't the issue because we know both camps slept so that wasn't the problem it's it's kind of like what david was talking about in rest is five of these virgins who you know jesus calls the wise ones they were confident they were secure come what may no matter what the issue is, whether he's delayed, whether he's not delayed, no matter what the circumstances is, they're confident they have more than enough. They have everything they need and then some. But then you have the other camp, the five foolish virgins, who are lacking. And we don't know the circumstances They have had enough time to go get more oil. And, you know, did they look at the other five ones and go... they? I don't have that. (laughs) I don't have extra. Like, we don't know the whole circumstance, but the point is they are lacking, whereas the five wise ones were not. And so for me, what I love about parables and I love the way Jesus teaches in these little stories is to me it's not an either-or. It's not like you're either a foolish one Or you're a wise one. It's like, this is where you start the journey, and this is where you can end up. So he's not saying, if you're foolish, you're foolish, and if you're wise, you're wise. He's saying, you've all started here. Now I've given you a way to end up here and to be this. We've talked about identity a lot this morning. And so, if that's the case, I wanna just, I wanna illustrate. I think we all know when we're lacking. I think we all know when we're operating out of that place of I'm lacking in something. But I want us to see very clearly because I I notice that there could be in this story for some of these, for the five foolish, there could be the temptation to do something and it's something that affects all of us as well. And the temptation is blame. It could be very easy for the five foolish ones to begin saying, Well, you have more than enough, why don't you just share with me? Or if he wasn't delayed, I would have been fine. But that's not the point. See, again, we have this in our society of, Well, you have more than enough and I don't have any, so you give me yours. But that's not how this works. And I'm going to talk, again, we're going to go into the practicals more, but I just want to set that up a little bit and paint that picture of you have one group of people who have more than enough and they're solid and they're confident and they're secure and they're ready for whatever may come. And then you have another camp who's sitting there going, what do I do? And to me, it's the difference between desperation and urgency. They were all sleeping, so they all didn't know the call was coming. But how you react to that when the call comes is very telling of which camp you're in, but we can start to prepare ourselves now. And so, so again, we're gonna, we're gonna move right on through this, but I, I wanna answer the question, and it, it's a question we all know, it's kind of like what Rick did last week where he was like, do you wanna pop quiz? And we all know the answer to it. It's a, you know, so you can answer in your heads. But the question begs, are we a lacking people? Are we people who are lacking? And if not, then how do we move from a place of feeling like we're lacking into a place of, into the camp of having more than enough? And so just in case there's any confusion, um, we're not a people who are lacking. <laughs> that is the answer. Um, we know that because, and you don't have to turn to these scriptures unless you want to. Um, Romans 8 is a, is a big identity. You want to know who you are, who we are in Christ? Just read Romans 8. Just read all of Romans, really. But um but Really quickly, just Romans 8:16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we're heirs and co-heirs. Heirs and co-heirs of what? Well, we know in the garden, power and that authority to Satan. But then Jesus came back. Praise the Lord. And so now we're living in this place where we're living in the discomfort transition of power and authority. Because the reality of it is in eternity and in our faith and what we're walking in, we're walking in the reality and in the truth that it's back to us. Jesus won and all is well. But we also know that there's coming a day, Revelation 5 talks about, when John is sitting there in the throne room and, and God has what, I, what a lot of people call the title deed to earth. And they're saying, who's worthy of this title deed? And there's that brief second where John gets grieved because they're saying, no one's worthy, no one's worthy. And he gets really sad and then an angel comes to him and says, no, no, wait, watch. And then he says, behold, a man rises up, a lamb as if it was slain. And he is worthy to take the scroll. And all of heaven celebrates, right? That's the title deed. So we know Jesus, there's coming a day when Jesus is going to hold the title deed to the earth. And he's going to rule over the earth. So what's our inheritance? Heaven and earth. Because we're co-heirs with God. Or we're heirs to God with God. We're co-heirs with Christ. So heaven and earth are at our fingertips. So we're not lacking in literally anything. There is not a single thing that we are lacking in spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, nothing. But again, we live in this uncomfortable in-between where I say that truth really confidently. I sound like it's great. But the reality of it is, is that oftentimes I'm sitting in a place where I'm going, I don't have anything that I need, much less what I want. I'm tired. I'm fearful. I'm, you know, where am I going to get rent from? What am I going to do here? What am I going to do with that? We have all of these things, and we feel like, man, I am just, we are operating out of this place of lack. And so I, I want to get us into a place where, I'll say this. I want to start taking the steps in my life. And I think we all want to do this, where we want to start taking the steps in our lives of moving out of a place of lacking and into a place of more than enough. And, and that's what we're going to talk about next. That's what I'm going to cover next. So if we can all go to 2 Kings 4. I know I'm breezing through this. Is everybody still good? Okay. 2 Kings 4, again, right at the top. I'm making it easy on you guys today. I love this story. All right. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Bless you. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. So we're going to go back up to the top. And again, for context. So this woman has a debt that she can't pay. And so in that day, the creditor would say, "Okay, you can't pay. Give me your sons. They're going to be your payment. And they're going to be slaves. And they're going to work for me probably for the rest of their lives. And so this is what she's facing. Her husband's passed away. She has a debt that she can't pay. Seemingly, she has nothing in her house to even try to attempt to pay for this. And now her sons are going to be taken away from her. That's a low situation. <laughs> that doesn't seem very hopeful. So the first, things that, the first thing that she does is she goes to the man of God, to the prophet. This is the Old Testament, so it's about the same as going to God himself like we would do today. But I, I love that because that was the word at the beginning of the year from Rick from the Lord through Rick is he gave us a word for this year which is to seek him and I loved what, I loved what the Lord told Rick it's not a cop out, it's a compass it's so important that our first move before anything else before fear, worry, trying to do it on our own is to go to the Lord because it's not a cop out, it's a compass so that was her first step I'm going to go to the man of God and I'm going to say, here's, my issue. Here's, here's what I'm facing, the circumstance that I'm facing, as impossible as it may seem. And his response is so good. And it beckons back to kind of what we just talked about in Matthew 25. His response to her in verse 2, the first thing he says is, what shall I do for you? In my opinion, it's my belief that he's setting it up to her, that he's letting her know i want to let you know I can't do anything for you. You're going to have to do this. I have, I have something. The Lord is giving me wisdom and how to walk you through this, but you're going to have to do it. And it's the same thing that the, the five foolish had with the five wise. I can't share my oil with you. You're going to have to get your own oil. I can give you a good word. I can give you practicals, I can do all of that, but at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to take the steps to do it. And that's kind of what he's setting up to her is, what, what shall I do for you? I can't do it for you. But then he asks the very important question, which is, tell me what is in your house. And her response is, I have nothing but... I have nothing but a jar of oil. And I stop it, I have nothing but, because that is the dangerous thing that we find ourselves in. And to me, that is the tail-tall sign that you are operating out of lack. When you're looking at your life and you say, I have nothing, I don't have enough, I'm not enough, You're siding with lack and not out of what you do have. I have nothing but. Do we know how many, bi- how many stories in the Bible promise from the Lord? But Noah had nothing but a promise from the Lord, a command from the Lord that he was going to flood and you better make this. I'm going to flood the earth and you got to make the ark. Abraham had nothing but a word from the Lord that he's supposed to leave his father's house and go into a city that he didn't even know the name of. God just said, go, go this way. He didn't even know where he was going. Sarah was past childbearing years. She had nothing but a word from the Lord. You go down the list. Joseph had a dream. Moses had a promise from the Lord. All of those things, they have nothing but Nothing to go on, but our one hope. And is that enough? And that's the question that she has to grapple with in this story. She says, I have nothing but a jar of oil. And the next response is from, from Elisha is, okay, well, go grab, go grab some empty vessels. You and your sons, go collect empty vessels from your neighbors. It's a hard, community is important. We see in this, in this passage, community is really important. But again, it's that balance between there's things you have to do on your own and there's times that you need community. You notice that they went and grabbed empty vessels. They didn't grab full ones. So it's important to have community around you, but at the same time, there are things that you're going to have to operate on your own with. It might not look how we want it to look. And I love what he tells her. He says, don't just gather a few. I mean, whew, She has nothing, we'll be more generous. She has nothing but a jar of oil, but it's probably more likely this, or maybe smaller. Nothing but a jar of oil. Go and grab empty vessels and don't just grab a few. If you're asking for a miracle, if you're asking for God to show up in your life, don't cut him off at the knees. If you truly believe that all of heaven and earth are your inheritance, if you truly believe in who you are, and what we're walking in today, then why are you going to ask God for just a little bit? My, my nephew used to say that. I just want just a little bit. But if my nephew only knew that if he asked for a lot, chances are he might get kind of a lot. Depending on what he was asking for. He was asking for fruit. We probably would have like loaded his bowl. Sugar, different thing. Anyway, but God doesn't do that to us but I love that. Don't just grab a few. Get all you can. If you have to tell your neighbors, I'll dig in your trash for your empty canisters, then do it. How big is your faith? How big do you believe God is? We don't know how many they grabbed, but we have an idea of how many they grabbed. And then came the time when rubber needed to meet the road. She's done all the easy things. She already has the jar of oil in her house. Her sons, she sent them out to the neighbors. They've now gone to collect the empty vessels. They're back. And this is the moment. This is the moment when you see just how much faith she has. This is the moment. This is that Abraham-Isaac moment where it's like, okay, Abraham, how much faith do you have in the Lord? He's telling you, go, go sacrifice your son. And you're like, okay, cool. You got the knife. You got all the things you need. Your son's asking you, where's the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? Uh, yikes. This is that moment. So she does, just as the, the man of God, just as Elisha told her, she shuts the door behind her, and they begin that thing, that, that moment where it's, okay, I'm going to pour out my oil. And the reality of it is, is like, the worst that can happen is she pours out the jar of oil into a vessel, and it's caught in the vessel, and nothing happens, right? Like, that's the worst thing that can happen. She's already facing the worst of it. If this doesn't work, it doesn't work, and her sons go, Right? So she goes for it and she starts to pour the oil and the oil keeps increasing and increasing and increasing and increasing and and going and they're going and it's so much so that she fills up a vessel and goes, okay, bring me another one. And her son goes, that's it. And that's when the oil ceases. And then we come to, to verse 7. When she goes back to Elisha and says, okay, I, we did it. And he says, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. The gravity of that verse is mind-blowing. Her faith to do this it doesn't just take care of her need. Do you notice that? She, yeah, she paid off the debt. But then there was more, there was enough for her to live on. And her sons, we don't know how old they were, but maybe one day they were going to have families who knows? This could have gone on. This, this moment where she decided, okay, this is an impossible situation. My husband's gone. My kids are about to be taken from me. I can't pay this debt. My life is looking really grim right now. And she goes to seek the Lord and she gets a word from the Lord and she puts it into action. And it blesses, not only it not only takes care of the the immediate need in front of her, but it takes care of her for the rest of her life and her sons. They live on the rest. I've heard, I heard a word recently where they talked about taking that stand and choosing to operate out of faith and choosing to, what we talked about this morning, identity and all of that, choosing to grab hold of that affects not only you, but it affects generations afterwards. You're not just making the decision for yourself. The things that I'm doing now is not just for me right now. It's for when I get married and when I have kids. You know, I look out, they're grandparents. This affects not only you and your kids, but your kids' kids. Kids. And again, you think all she did was pour out a jar of oil into some vessels. But she had to have faith for that. That was a miracle that took place. So what are the, what are the practicals that I'm talking about here? The practicals that I'm talking about here are, are this. This isn't This isn't a tithe message unless it's a tithe message. This isn't a, um, we need to operate more in the spiritual gifts unless it's a, we need to operate more in our spiritual gifts. It's not a, we need to pray more. This isn't even a, you need to be here more on Wednesdays. It's not that kind of message unless that's what the Lord's telling you. What this is, and, and why I really feel strongly about this, and it's the Lord, again, how he's been working, especially in this last year, where, or in this new year, I should say, with Rick's messages, is I, I think it lines up. I, so here's the practicals. If we want to start moving from a place of lacking into a place of having more than enough, whether it's in one area of our lives or all of our lives, I don't know, for me, that's kind of what it feels like, all areas of our lives. If we want to do that, the first thing that we have to do is seek the Lord. It's get in there. And get to the nitty-gritty with the Lord, because what else are you going to do? If you're like me, you've exhausted in what you feel like in your mind, you've exhausted all of the things that you can do here on earth within your own power. So now it's time to get into the nitty-gritty, and it's time to let him come in. So seek the Lord. The next thing, the next practical and maybe this is before you even seek the Lord, you need to settle within your heart that no one can do this for you. No one can do this for you. You can listen to all the sermons in the world. You can listen to worship music. You can read all the books. You can do all the things. But at the end of the day, you have to settle within your heart, I'm going to take the steps. If it's five steps, if it's 50 steps, I'm going to take the steps to do what the Lord is asking me to do. And again, that doesn't mean that you don't lean on community when you need it and that you don't ask for help when you need it. That's not what I'm saying. Obviously, do that, please. We were, made, we were built for family. But don't be surprised if what happens, if the question out of your friends, oh, man, can I tell you the amount of times I heard from David and Emily or Michael and Joya or <laughs> talk to Rick that was like, well, have you done this yet? And I'm like, darn it. <laughs> walk back with my tail between my legs and go, no, I don't want to. So I'm, but you have to put forth the work. You have to be willing to pour the oil into the vessel. You have to be willing to go collect the empty vessels. Gosh, that's humbling. Boy, is that humbling. The second thing, or the third thing, is something that David talked about before the year ended last year. In briefing, I was like, last year, you know, two weeks ago. Um, (laughs) Feels like forever. Um, David talked about a word from the Lord for the new year. Faith in action. We got to put our faith to action. Faith without works is dead. It means nothing to say I believe in the Lord if you're not. Here's my life, Lord. What do you want me to do with it? And probably the most important thing is believe that you are more than enough. Believe that you have more than enough. Again, I'll I'll read those. I'm I'm doing this. I'm back. I feel like I'm back to like Christian 101, following Jesus 101, and I have a completely separate journal now than this journal, but I have a completely separate journal where I'm just taking identity scriptures and I'm just meditating on them because I'm like, I don't even know who I am, what's happening, Lord. But maybe it's taking scriptures and just like, like I said, I'll read these off again. There's, you have Romans 8, 16 through 17 is a great identity. Again, Romans 8. Just read Romans 8 if you need to know who you are. Genesis chapter 1, Revelation 5. Meditate on the fact that Jesus is coming back and earth belongs to him. That there is literally nothing that Satan can do at this point. It's finished. It's done. But we don't have to wait for that day to operate in our inheritance now. That's why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now. Today right here in this moment. We have to believe these things. And it's in that place that we're going to start operating and we're going to start moving. We talk about that day and the hour in which we live or, you know, there's coming a day and all of that stuff. Well, let's get ready now. Let's, let's be the five wise ones. Let's be the wise virgins who were able to sleep peacefully, to have Sabbath peacefully, knowing I know who I am. I know why I'm here. And what I'm facing at this moment isn't going to take me out. Again, I've talked about Jesus in the boat, sleeping. There was nothing wrong with Jesus sleeping in the boat when the storm was raging. There was nothing wrong with that. And that's why he asked the disciples. That's why he said, you of little faith. I think it was that one. He says it a lot. (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh, Jesus, thank you for coming and living and walking among us. Um, They didn't have faith. They didn't believe that, okay, we're good, and this storm has nothing on me. Jesus did, so he slept. The world is looking for those people. I mean, like yearning for those people. I've been watching the news a lot more, which I swore I wouldn't. Oh, gosh. After the 2016 election, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm never watching the news again. But I watch the news, and I think, man, it is, like, so chaotic. Because they're looking for people who are steadfast and confident and secure in who they are, in who they serve, and in what they have. So it's funny. Like I said, it's funny what the Lord, um, how the Lord sets things up, because I, I really felt like I was, um, I mean, today was short. That's That's the word I got for you guys, um, but I really I really felt at the end of this that we were going to go back, um, and I was going to just read over again the seven agreements, um, but mainly the seventh one, um, which the seventh one is to agree to celebrate and edify our community every week. And, and Rick encouraged us to bring something every week. That every week, we're all, I'm going to go out, I'm going to step out in faith and say every single week, everybody who walks to that door is going to bring something. And why I say that is, it doesn't have to be on the microphone. That's great, and what we had this morning was like, Praise the Lord. It was so good. I was encouraged by what Dale and David brought, what my mom brought. I was encouraged by worship this morning. We're all going to bring something. But I really, really want us to get in, in the habit and, and, and coming into a place of expectation that... Um, microphones are cool but they're not everything and I think more power happens when we move in a place just out there um, what am I trying to say Lord help me does that make sense um, This is, this is what I'm trying to say. How many of us know that the Lord is after an obedient heart? He doesn't care about... <laughs> he doesn't care about what the offering looks like. He just wants to know that you're willing to give it to him. So if every single morning we're waking up and saying, Lord, what can I bring you this morning? Today, what can I do for you? And we bring it, all of heaven and earth is going to rejoice in that moment. All of heaven and earth is going to rejoice in that moment. The king's heart is going to leap and bound because he looked at me or because she looked at me. Because my child said, Daddy, I'm a father. I sing I sang a song. Oh, well, actually, that's not where I want to go. Um, we got to stop with the blaming or the excuses. I have so many excuses coming out of my mouth all day, every day, full confession on a lot of things that I, I feel like the Lord is asking me to do. And I bring him my excuses all the time. Well, I was doing this. Well, I didn't get sleep last night. Well, I didn't, I'm not feeling good. Well, I don't blah, 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 blah. I have all the excuses in the world. But I'm never going to know what I have at my hands until I start walking. I'm never going to know my inheritance and what that looks like if I don't start walking. And I told somebody somebody the other day, and I was speaking about myself, I have to remind myself that baby steps are still forward progress. Nobody said you had to get up and start doing hurdles. Hurdles are really hard, <laughs> especially for a short, short person like me. But I'm still making forward progress even if I go, oh, okay, okay, I got it, right? So here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's, here's how we move from lacking into having more than enough is you do what he's asking you to do, even if it's a small step. If he's saying, hey, like for me, just to put this out there, for me, all last year, I could feel it in my spirit. I could feel it everywhere. My prayer life just went (laughs) If it's a balloon, it like, air went out and it went And I knew it, towards the end of the year it was, okay, the start of the new year, your prayer life, kid, it's time. And it's hard. (laughs) And it's my job, (laughs) but it's hard. So I get people who have day jobs who are like, I don't have time or energy to do this. I don't wanna pray every day. Ah, I, I got the whole talking to God thing down. I mean, I, I'm always like, should I buy this one or this one, Lord? Like that i got, that I can do. But the actual walking into the secret place and putting my, my petitions before the Lord and saying, have your way, dang, that's hard. But who said it had to be five hours? That would be hard. Yikes. But if, all, if the Lord is saying, okay, work on your prayer life, then, and you say, and your excuse is, well, I only have 10 minutes. Well, you know what to do with that 10 minutes now? I want to read my Bible more. I haven't been in the Word. Well, nobody said you had to read 16 chapters in a day. If you just want to, like I said, if you just want to read Romans 8, 16 through 17, do it. All I have is 20 bucks to give each month. Well, you better give it each month. And watch it increase. Watch it multiply. And then all of a sudden, you're going to go from having 20 to 40. Terry Poole's window, wisdom. There was a day, there was a there was a. a Brief moment in my life when I thought I was going to run a a half marathon with my sister. Um, Thankfully, she got pregnant, and we didn't do it. (laughs) And I'm still here. (laughs) But I remember my dad saying, and this was always his thing to me, because he knows me so well. He said, Joe, you can run a mile every day, and you can get really good at it. But that's not going to help you run 20, what is it, 12 13. I don't do math, guys. 13. See, it's a good thing I didn't run half marathon. I don't even know how much I was running. You know, David can tell you, anybody who lifts weights, you can lift 50 pounds all day, every day, and it could get easier, but you're not going to gain any strength until you go heavier and heavier and heavier. It's the same concept. You just got to start. If we want to see the increase, if we want to see... We want to move from lack into more than enough. We've just got to start. And so I think as a community, let's hold each other to that. As a community, let's ask the questions. And they're hard questions to ask. Hey, what have you and the Lord been talking about? Is it okay if you tell me or does it need to stay between you? And they can tell you. But be honest. If it's, no, I haven't sought the Lord, then tell them. No, I haven't sought the Lord or if it's you know it needs to stay between us right now then you say that. Hey, what's what's the Lord get what are your goals for this year? Get get with your community. What are you guys doing? What are your goals for this year? And let's do it. No more excuses. Let's just start walking in victory because we have it. Um So with that being said, I want to encourage you. We've already kind of started today, which has been so awesome. like I said, it, it's been so good. Um, but today, and, and I'm not even going to make it a formal thing. I'm just going to put the word out there i felt I felt this earlier this week. If there's something that the Lord has been telling you to do, or even if you felt if you woke up this morning or when you walked into the to the building this morning, you felt like. The Lord gave you a word for somebody or, you know, I don't know, told you to do something. Whatever that may be. And maybe it's something, excuse me, for your own quiet time. I don't know. But what all I'm saying, the encouragement here is, especially if it comes to edifying, if it comes to you have a word for somebody sitting in this room right now, um, and if they're not sitting in this room, write it down on a piece of paper or something. But if the Lord has told you to do something, do it this morning. We're gonna. I'm gonna pray really quick. Sid's gonna turn on music. Okay. <laughs> and, and and we're gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna dismiss this. But don't leave this house until you've done whatever it is that the Lord asked you to do. Until you've been obedient to what it is that. And if it's increasing prayer time if it's reading scripture then really quickly pull out your bible pray whatever do it just do it just do it Elisa gave me this uh this sticker Shabbat just do it the Nike symbol yeah it's a good reminder for me um but that's what that's what I would like us to do this morning and if you don't have a word maybe ask him and see if he has something chances are he has something to say about one of these or maybe the kids, you can go in and talk to the kids, encourage them, whatever. We're gonna... This is me starting the accountability and holding my community accountable for keeping up with these seven agreements that Rick asked us to. And that that last one, I think, is of utmost importance. So I'll pray, and then we'll go and we'll be obedient. So Lord, we thank you for this God, I I thank you that every single one of us in this room and those kids back there and their teacher and even those people in our community who aren't here with us today, God, I thank you that we have all been been given a measure of faith. And we know that because we all have declared you as our Lord and Savior and we had to have faith to do that. So, Lord, I, I ask that we would take that faith, whatever measure of faith we have now, and I thank you that you're increasing it this year, that you're taking us into a year of increasing the things that we have, whether it's spiritual gifts, whether it's relationship with you, whether it's health, both physically or all physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whether it's health, um, whether it's financially, whatever it could be, God, I thank you that you are taking us into a year and that we don't have to, into a year of increase and that we don't have to worry about where that increase is coming from because our inheritance is in you. And that in heaven, that the bank account of heaven is never going to run out. It's never going to overdraft. We're always going to have more than enough. You've given us everything we need and then some. You've given us what we need for this particular moment, and you've given us what we need and want for the rest of our lives. So, Father, I ask that as we move forward from this point on, that every single day we'll wake up with hearts that are willing to bring a sacrifice, that are willing to be obedient to whatever it is that you're asking us to do, big, small, or otherwise. And, Lord, I look forward to the testimonies that we're going to hear when we gather, every time we gather. Testimonies of increase and abundance, <coughs> of healings. I just pray that you bless us as we go this morning. Bless the words and, and the encouragements that are going to come from this, this house. Um, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So go do it. Be obedient.